was a windy, rainy evening as I huddled into my corner booth at the King's X. A watering hole just a few blocks from my kingdom, community hospital in the dangerous streets of Oakland, California. The X was my oasis. I was coming off a rough and tumble divorce from my liberal school teacher, UC Berkeley, or should I say, Berserkly? Ah, ah, ah. XY, Cindy. Cindy was a progressive libtard, intent on raising our two boys, my eldest son, Barry Jr., and the younger one, as pansy long haired hippie boys. Not on my watch. As I took my seat, the waitress Verna came over to get my order. Verna was a hardened old broad. She'd been used and abused by most of the regulars at the X. But if she thought she was going to have her way with me, she was barking up the wrong tree. Hey, tall, dark, and gruesome. Your buddies told me to tell you they're playing in the back playing pool. Yeah, well, maybe I'll grace them with my presence. Can I bring you a drink? The usual? Actually, I'm feeling a little exotic tonight. How about a pitcher of margaritas and order of beef nachos? You can just bring the order back to the billiards room, sweetheart. You got it, Reagan. When Verna said my buddies were back at the pool table, I thought she meant my usual crew of Sam, Kim, and Tim. Sam is our IT nerd at the hospital. He reboots my computer when it goes down, works on the phone systems, you know, stuff that dorky guys get paid a pretty penny for, even though they love all that geeky stuff and would probably do it for free. Something to think about the next time we negotiate a contract. Kim is this guy with a lady's name who works at the hospital. He was a nurse, obviously. Ah, ah. Now, Timmy, that's my guy. He's a bit rough around the edges like me. He's a contractor at the hospital working on a project I was heading up. The new hematology and oncology National Research Facility. Tim was a tough guy who I talked hunting, fishing, and building retaining walls with. I ambled to the back room of the X, where the pool table was, to join them. I arrived to warm greetings from my friends, colleagues, and admirers. I was surprised to find Tim with not Sam and Kim, but some Asian kid I hadn't been seeing around the hospital lately and a very voluptuous lady who worked under me as one of my department managers, Betty Hinojosa. 
Abyss was leaning over the table going for an eight ball in the corner pocket. I like that lean, babe. I like that lean a lot. She hold the ball and turned to see me admiring her form. Hey, Mr. Holmes. Surprised to see you down here. Relax, sweetheart. At the X, I'm Barry, not Mr. Holmes. I'm a little surprised myself to see a lady of your caliber at a dive like this. Just then, the oriental-looking young man that I had never seen before spoke up. Hey, boss. I invited Betty to play pool with us. She was in the billiards club when she was a student at Berserkly. First of all, who the heck are you, gay? Secondly, Bets, you went to Berkeley? I'll make sure to try and not hold that against you. Hey, boss. My name is Guy Dumayas, and I'm the new HR guy. Hey, oh, what shoot. do you have against Berkeley, Barry? Let's just say... I've had some bad luck with you Berkeley girls. Well, maybe your luck will change tonight, boss. So yeah, boss. I started in HR about a year ago and slowly Fascinating, but- Fascinating, oh, okay? Now let's play some nine ball. Tim chimes in at that point. I'll rack him up, Bear. I was no stranger to the billiard table. But Bets gave me all I could handle, and more. The teams were Betty and a new Asian guy versus me and Timmy. There was no doubt that Betts and I were the strongest players at the table. I was carrying the weight of my team as Timmy had a nail gun accident earlier that day which left him without full use of his right hand. Timmy and I barely inched out a win over bets in this new Asian HR kid, who wasn't a bad pool player in his own right, but not nearly at the elite level of Betty and I. As our game ended, the nachos arrived. Here you go, beef nachos. For Christ's sake, Verna. I said ground beef nachos, not steak. Who the heck wants nachos with steak on them? Hey, I'll have some, Barry. I like steak nachos. Yeah, me too, boss. They really look... Jesus Christ, uh, you two. It's not really my point. I ordered ground beef nachos. Ground beef. Hey, Reagan, actually you said beef. I wrote it down here. Beef is in ground beef. B-E-E-F. Beef. Could be steak, too. You're busting my balls here, big guy. If I wanted steak, I would have said steak. At this point, Betty jumped in and did something remarkable. Something that proved her loyalty to her superior, me. Verna, is it possible you could just get us a plate of ground beef on the side for Mr. Holmes? I guess I can do that for Mr. Holmes, but I'm going to have to charge you for it. Okay, that's fine. As the bitter, old, 
haggard waitress went back to get my plate of ground beef, my young, voluptuous, subordinate, Betty Hinojosa, worked on soothing my soul. Hey, Bear, are you okay? Yeah, boss. Is everything okay? That mistake on the nacho order really seemed to upset you. Well, I've got a whole lot on my mind with the Hematology and Oncology National Research Center in the middle of construction. And my divorce and all. But this is about the ground beef. Sorry, Timmy. But I just don't understand how somebody can like steak on nachos. Hey, my Republican brother, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, boss. It's Vernus cool. slammed a small appetizer plate of plain ground beef onto the table our party was sharing that was adjacent to the pool table. I had never in my wildest nightmares Imagine that ground beef could look so unappetizing. But whoever Verna was colluding with in the kitchen managed to work a miracle. A horrible miracle. As the old barmaid walked away, I gave her a little piece of my mind. Oh, gee. Thanks, Verna. It's not my fault I have no physical attraction to you. Jeez. What the heck am I supposed to do with this? I'm sure you'll figure it out, Reagan. <laughs> God damn it. It's okay, Bear. We can make this work. Here, I'll just put this over here, and then on top of this, I'll put this, and then we'll just move this back over here onto this plate. Presto! Wow, good job, Betty. You are so awesome. You were one of my idols. You know, oh, done crap. It. She had removed all the remnant steak pieces off a section of the nachos, replaced the formerly steak-ridden section of nachos with ground beef, and then transferred the ground beef portion of nachos back to my little appetizer plate for me to enjoy. I had my very own serving of ground beef nachos. Wow, thank you much, Bits. That looks amazing. Oh, no problem, Bear. Anything, and I do mean anything for you. But sorry, I'm gonna have to beat you on the pool table. Beat me on the pool table? That sounds like it could be interesting. Ah, ah. Oh. Get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't bowling. This was a woman after my own heart. Spicy and not afraid to take on a challenge. No matter the fact that her chances of prevailing were ever so slight. I respected that. But it was my time to shine on the green felt. Rack him up, Timmy. I'll rack him up, Bear. Bets and the Oriental boy beat Timmy and I pretty bad the second game. Timmy just could not put anything together. And the Asian kid played a good round. 
We were well into the third and final deciding game, and things were looking pretty bleak for Timmy and I. But my luck was about to change in a big way. Betts had made a nice run and cleared the table of every ball but the nine when she made it interesting and, dare I say, erotic proposition. Hey, Bear, how about a little wager? I make this shot and you give me a ride home and come in for a nightcap. Timmy and the Asian fella both turned to me and looked stunned. Bet's proposition interested me, but as her boss, I knew I'd be crossing a line. A perilous line that I'm not proud to say. I'd crossed many other times before with numerous different ladies at the office. What if you miss? Then we go to your place. <laughs> the Oriental guy practically spit out his San Miguel. I knew I should decline, but I'm a man with needs. Needs that had not been met in some time with my precarious marital situation. Betts had a tough angle on the cue ball and had to position herself such that the pool cue was resting on the top of her fanny on her backside for a behind-the-back shot. This position put her ample bosom on prominent display. Whoa, Nelly! Betty cocked the stick back and shot. She caromed the cue ball off a side bumper into the nine ball, and the nine ball was sent on a path to the corner pocket. Betts and the Oriental boy jumped for joy as the ball hit the bottom of the pocket. I have to say, that little Barry was doing cartwheels in my tidy whities as that ball sunk into the hole. Looks like I'm the winner! Me too! You sure are, sweetheart. Let me settle the tab and we'll leave these two guys to their beers and their tears. Ah! Ah! Hey, boss. I won. I'm not sad. Okay, kid. Let's hit it. Sounds good. I paid up the tab to Verna and gave her a very generous 8% gratuity. Very generous considering the below par service. I wasn't gonna hold a grudge tonight against a bitter old barmaiden. Wow. Thanks, Big Spender. You got that right, sweetheart. I then walked up to Betty, grabbed her by the hand, and said, Let's blow this joint. We headed out to the cream lady. The nickname bestowed upon my 1980 Cartier edition Lincoln Mark XI luxury coupe in the Olate tan colorway by my good friend, accountant, and confidante, Glenn Daniels. Let's just say, Betts was a little bit more than impressed. This is a huge car, Barry. You know what they say, Betts. The bigger, the better. Betty flashed me a sly smile and said, I know that is certainly true of some things, 
but I'm not sure about cars. I prefer smaller sports cars that are capable of handling the curves. Well, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <sighs> That's real nice, sweetheart. But your little Datsun Z car doesn't have anything under 5.8 liters and 351 cubic feet under this hood. Wait, how did you notice I have a Datsun Z? Oh, I've noticed you in the parking lot. I have to admit, I watched Betty bending and contorting herself to get into that tiny Japanese sports car from my office window on multiple occasions. It had almost become a morning and evening ritual for me. Well, I hope you can handle my curves as well as the Z handles the curves of the road. I've got the power and size of a Lincoln, but I handle like an Italian sports car. And let me tell you, I wasn't exaggerating about that a bit. I've been in a few locker rooms in my time, so I knew how well endowed I was compared to the average everyday Joe. Add to that all of my vast experience with many different ladies, and I was no slouch in the sack in my humble experience. Betts was in for the time of her life. Let's get out of here. We hopped into Cream Lady and made our way to Betts' place. Goddamn you cut me off, you punk old We pulled up to a modest track home in a working-class, blue-collar suburb on the outskirts of Oakland. Betty led me to the door. We entered directly into a living room where an old lady and a chubby, preteen boy were watching some kind of game show on the television with the volume full blast where two teams of families answer some really low-brow questions. And whoever answers the most of these idiotic questions wins a marginal sum of money. Weird stuff. Anyway, Betts introduced these people to me. Hey, Bear. This is my mom, Francis, and my son, Bert. Hi, Franny. It's a pleasure to meet you. Actually, it's Francis or Fran. But anyway, well, hi. Nice to meet you. Betty talks a lot about you. She says you're very important at the hospital. I can't lie, Franny. It's true. I'm VP over there. Ah, ah. Betty's boss. You'll be happy to know she's doing a bang-up job. VAP. Oh, VP. That's great to hear. She tries. It's hard being a single mom. Speaking of single mom, who's this guy? It's Bert. It's Bert. Bet's son was kind of a mess. 
a dirty, chubby little guy that was obviously in need of some male guidance. He had some potential, big kid. If he hit the weights and lost some fat, he could probably play some high school ball. I'm not saying he could be an all-league defensive end like I was, but there was some potential. If anybody could fix this kid, it was me. Well, hey there, Bert. You ever do push-ups? No, what's that? What are push-ups? Let me show you. Oh, uh, okay. I was not surprised that this little butterball had no idea what a push-up was. I got down on the floor and belted out a quick set of 30. Then I made a little proposition to this snot-nosed kid. Hey, big gay. Do you think I could do between one and 200 push-ups in one minute? I guess. How about a little wager? If I pump out between one and 200 push-ups, you pay me $20. If I fail to do between one and 200 push-ups, I pay you $20. Okay, I guess. This kid wasn't too bright. It was gonna take a lot more than physical work. I would need to work on his intellect as well. I got down on the floor and proceeded to pump out two push-ups. I really took my time for dramatic effect. After taking about 40 seconds to do two push-ups, I stood up and held out my hand towards the kid. There it is, big gay. I did between one and 200 push-ups. I don't have $20. Well, okay, but you get the joke? See, Bert, you don't owe Barry $20. He was just making a joke because most people might think that when he says between one and 200, he means between 100 and 200, not actually one and 200. Do you get it? Ah, I guess. I think I'm gonna go to bed. I was happy to get the kid out of there. He was kind of annoying the hell out of me. Now it was time to get rid of the grandma. Betty was diligently taking care of this. Well, Mom, you can go to bed if you like. I know it's getting late. Yeah, Franny. Probably time for you to hit the hay. Okay. I guess I'll just go to my room and listen to talk radio. Alrighty then, nice meeting ya. Bet's mom took forever getting to her room and getting the door closed. I wondered if her labored, slow walking was a preview of what bedding might be like in her old age. Something to think about. By the time that door slammed shut, Little Barry was as hard as a diamond in an ice storm. Bets glanced down at my slacks. Let's go to my room and take care of Little Bear. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. What the heck? 
Had I told Bats the nickname of my penis? I don't remember that. Did she just innately know the nickname of my penis? Anyway, Betty led me down the hall that her son and mom had just proceeded down. I was a little confused as there were only two doors down that hall. Where the hell did the son and the mom go? Where were we going? Bets opened the door and I breathed a sigh of relief. There was no mom or no son in sight. But at the same time, where did they go? Were they sleeping together? That boy seemed a little old to be sleeping with his grandma. Some weird stuff going on in this house. This made me somewhat intrigued to find out what Betty would be like in bed. As the clothes came off, we jumped in the sack and began to really get down. All of the sudden, a loud voice boomed from the other side of the wall. A voice I knew all too well. It was the Libtard radio show host, Ron Owens. Jesus Christ! This guy was my ex-wife Cindy's favorite. He probably took a couple years off my marriage. The sound of his voice made little Barry retract in disgust. Betty, what the heck is going on? Oh, that's my mom. She listens to talk radio all night long. It helps her sleep. Ron Owens was on a diatribe about how Ronald Reagan had armed the Contras and lied about it. How was I supposed to make love to Betty while listening to this drivel? And where the heck was Bet's son at? Was he in his grandma's room being brainwashed with these leftist liberal lies? God damn it! I can't perform with this idiot lib yapping in my ear. Oh, just ignore it, Bear. You'll get used to it. Bitch! I just can't, okay? Betty reached over me and opened her nightstand drawer. She pulled out a tubular, skinny package and excitedly began unwrapping it. She pulled from the package a long piece of cotton with a string attached to it and broke off two pieces of cotton, then promptly stuck those pieces into my ears. Presto changeo, no liberal whining. Between this act of genius and her handling of the ground beef nacho situation, I could see big things ahead for her at the hospital. We reconvened our sex romp and, as a gentleman, I obviously don't kiss and tell, but as you can imagine, I gave Bets the time of her life. I obviously, as a gentleman, cannot disclose all of the sexual doors I opened for Betty on our marathon night of lovemaking. But let's just say, I let Bets 
through some doors she had never been through in her sexual life. If you catch my drift. Ah, 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 ah.